Well, good morning. Welcome to Connection Point Church. Uh, so glad you're here today as we conclude our, our missions weekend. If you weren't here last week to hear from Dick Brogdon, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message. It's online. A great challenge and God's heart for the world and our opportunity to, to live on mission for him here locally and globally. Uh, we want to do both. What I want to do this morning is to share a couple of thoughts and we want to uh, give visual image uh, by way of a, a short video from Assemblies of God World Missions of the opportunity we have to touch the world, the way we're touching the world. So it's already happening. And so I just want to read from Matthew chapter 28 to start the, the context of the passage in Matthew 28. These are the final words of Jesus to the disciples. So these are the last things that he says. They matter much. And so we don't want to take those words lightly. And here's what he shares in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Last words of Jesus to his disciples. If you've been here for a water baptism Sunday, we do that. We baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what do we do here on a Sunday? What do we do through connect groups? We want to teach them everything that Jesus commanded us. We want to fulfill this mandate. We want to do it here in the greater Lafayette area, and we want to do it in places all around the world. So as we finish up Luke, and we'll get into Acts at some point, we're going to find, Jesus says, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we always keep on going. And praise God that the message didn't stop in Jerusalem, because if it did, we wouldn't be here. And so thank you, Jesus, that you are a missional, missional God, that Jesus sent his son on a mission, and we get to participate in that. And if you've been here for our series on Luke, one of the things I've shared is the definition of following Jesus, that following Jesus is making disciples. Following Jesus is making disciples. That's for all of us. If we have knowledge of who Jesus is, if we have surrendered our life to him, then we all get to participate in making disciples. But too often in the culture in which we live, it defines Christianity differently. Uh, our mentoring groups, if you're in those groups, they're walking through the book Radical by David Platt, and, and he shares some thoughts on this, and I, I felt like it'd be worth sharing here this morning. Here's what Platt writes. He says, if you were to ask the average Christian sitting in worship service on Sunday morning to summarize the message of Christianity, you would most likely hear something along the lines of, the message of Christianity is that God loves me. Or someone might say, the message of Christianity is that God loves me enough to send his son Jesus to die for me. And as wonderful as this sentiment sounds, is it biblical? This is what Platt asks. Isn't it incomplete based on what we've seen in the Bible? God loves me is not the essence of biblical Christianity. Because if God loves me is the message of Christianity, then who's the object of Christianity? Think about it. God loves me. So me, Christianity's object becomes us. Therefore, when I look for a church, so this is what happens if this is what pervades our culture. I look for music that best fits me in the programs that best cater to me and my family. When I make plans for my life and career, it's about what works for me. 
and my family. When I consider the house I'll live in, the car I'll drive, the clothes I wear, the way I live, I will choose according to what is best for me. This is the version of Christianity that largely prevails in our culture. But it's not biblical Christianity. The message of biblical Christianity is not God loves me, period, as if we are the objects of our own faith. Here's the definition. I'm going to read it a couple times. The message of biblical Christianity is God loves me. So is that there? Yes. Does God love you? Yes. We've said it over and over, but why? God loves me so that I might make him his ways, his salvation, his glory, his greatness known among all nations. So God loves you, yes, but he saves you for a purpose. And it's for what reason? To make his ways, his salvation, his glory, his greatness known among all nations. You've been saved for a purpose so much bigger than yourself. And it's awesome that God invites you to live that life. And in this kind of Christianity, here's what happens. God is the object of our faith. And Christianity centers around him. We are not the end of the gospel. God is. God is. And praise God. God is big enough to let the gospel be about him. We are not big enough for the gospel just to be about us. So as we have the opportunity to share Jesus with others, we shouldn't take that opportunity lightly. One of the things I asked Dick to do as he was here last week is to have lunch with some of our mission council members. So we have a mission council here where we pair up with our global partners around the world. We pray for them. We come together five nights a year and pray over the nations. And everyone's invited to that, by the way. But I asked Dick, could you visit with our missions council and explain to them the opportunity we have to reach the unreached? And so he shared this illustration I want to share with you today because I think it helps us better understand the opportunity we have to touch the nations. So he shared this graphic. He said, if the target is reaching those who have not been reached, how do we do that? How do we go after that? And so he gives an image of a spear. So if you think about this spear going after the heart of reaching unreached peoples, who's the start of that spear? The leader, the leader of those unreached people groups. So as we support people, and we've got people that were our global partners that serve in this role. Their role is to go and lead a team of people to reach those unreached peoples. So that is one way that you can do it. Another way is you can serve on one of those church planning teams. So maybe you're not the leader, but you might be called to be on those band of people to serve with them that way. Last week, as Dick shared, I asked Dick, would you please invite people to commit to themselves to reaching the unreached? And he did that. And a number of people replied and shot me emails this last week, and I'm going to meet with them this week, that said, I know God's call for me is to go to the unreached, and so this is where they're going to serve in reaching the unreached. They might be a leader. They might be one of the people on those church planting teams. That's the way they'll serve. But there's other ways. Sometimes people go over in partnership. So we've got global partners who teach in Bible schools, but you know what their mission is? I, in this Bible school... I'm going to teach local peoples to have a heart to reach the unreached peoples. So do you see the difference there? You could be on a church planning team, you could be leading a church planning team, or you could be serving in missions for the purpose of helping locals have a heart to say, look, in your country, these people don't yet know who Jesus is. So let me help you find ways to reach them. So that's another way. Last year, so the fourth way that you serve, is we have the, those that serve in administration, so Connection Point Church is a part of the Assemblies of God, which was started as a missions movement, 1914. They all got together, these different people that were starting to form under the Assemblies of God. They said, we commit ourselves in this movement to God for the greatest evangelism 
the world has ever known. And so that's what they've been about ever since. So it's an incredible thing that they have this organization called Assemblies of God World Missions. That's who we usually partner with to make a difference among unreached peoples. So last year for our missions conference, if you remember, Omar Byler was here and he serves within the administration for Assemblies of God World Missions. So that's the part that he's playing and lots of others play that role as well. And then the last way, we have this this passion to reach the unreached. And so some of us, if you're not going to serve as a leader, if you're not going to serve on a church planning team, if you're not going to go teach in a Bible school or in some other setting, if you're not in Springfield, Missouri, serving in administration, then we should be sending people. We get to hold the spear and say, we're going to be a part of sending people out after those unreached peoples. So the whole goal of this, and what I want you to understand and walk away with this morning, is every follower of Jesus should have their fingerprints somewhere on that spear. Every follower of Jesus And so the question you need to ask yourself this morning is, where are my fingerprints? Are they going to be on that spearhead going? Are they on the the shaft of the spear? My fingerprints are there. I'm sending people. And so the question is, well, how do you do that? Two very simple ways. In your programs this morning, there was a card in there, a kingdom builder's card. At this point, most people know what that is, but it's our way of saying we want to be a part of sending people. So we invite people to be a kingdom builder. So feel free to take a look at that. That's a way that your fingerprints are on the spear. You sign up to say, I'm going to be a kingdom builder, and here's what I feel like God is asking me to do. So that's one way. Second way, we've had that wall out there on Main Street last Sunday and this Sunday. Those represent global partners that we have partnership with. Monthly, we support them. We support them monthly out of the general fund. That we're saying monthly, we're going to get behind you financially, but we also want to be people of prayer for you. So we've asked people in the church, could you go and take one of those pictures or names off the wall to say, I commit to the next year to pray regularly for these people. I'll come out to the global prayer events. We have four more left this year, and I'm going to pray for the nations and pray for our global partners. That's what we're asking people to do. So I put that before first service this morning. We had 25 names on the wall. When I just counted before coming in here, we have seven left. So they took 18. Do we think we could find seven people in this room this morning that could commit to praying? Could we do that? Lord, help us if we can't. We need to find seven people. So first service got to take more, but you get a chance to finish the wall. So you can make that as your name to claim and fame. We want to make sure as we leave here today, there shouldn't be a name left on that wall. Surely we can pray for those people. Surely we can come out and say, you know what? I'll be in relationship with you. So what does that look like? So Shelly and I, as we served overseas for 10 years, We had a family that was connected to us from a church that was in Florida. And when I would wake up and check my email on our birthdays, here's what the email I'd get. Hey, happy birthday from the Rutherford family in Lakeland, Florida. You know how awesome that was to be sitting in Khartoum, Sudan, to be sitting in East Jerusalem, Israel, and to get an email from somebody in Florida to say, we believe in you, we're behind you, we're praying for you. I think we should be able to do that as a body. I think that we can do that as a body. So we ask you to do that for a year. I put up the requirements last year, and one of those was to read a book a year. So I'm just going to make it low hurdle this morning. Don't read a book. If it bothers you to read a book, don't read a book. But by God, we got to be able to pray for our people, right? Can we pray for our people that are over there serving? If they're on that spearhead, we should be behind them praying for them. Can we do that today? So as we walk out today, you should be running to see if you get to pick one of those last seven names off the wall. Don't run and bump each other over, though. You know, we don't, we don't encourage that. No fighting in church, please. <laughs> but that's our heart. We want to make sure that we're behind. Every believer should have their fingerprints on the spear. 
The other thing that uh, David Platt shares in here is he talks about the privileges and obligations of Christianity. And we've got to be careful as a body that we don't just take the privileges for ourselves and leave the obligations to some. Here's what he writes. He says, I wonder if we have in some ways, intentionally and in other ways, unknowingly erected lines of defense against the global purpose of God has for our lives. God has a global purpose for you. He has a global purpose for your life. And here's what he says. It's not uncommon to hear Christians say, well, not everyone is called to foreign missions. When we say this, we're usually referring to foreign missions as an optional program in the church for a faithful few who apparently are called to do that. In this mindset, missions is a compartmentalized program of the church, and select folks are good at missions and passionate about missions. Meanwhile, the rest of us are willing to watch the mission slideshow when the missionaries come home. Anybody ever see those mission slideshows? We don't do those anymore. Nobody? Come on, some of you have seen a mission slideshow. We don't do those anymore. That's what he's talking about. But in the end, God has uh, just not called most of us to do this missions thing. That could be our perception. But where in the Bible is missions ever identified as an optional program in the church? We've just seen that we're all created by God, saved from our sins, and blessed by God to make his glory known among all the nations. Indeed, Jesus himself has not merely called us to go to all nations, he's created us and commanded us to go to all the nations. We've taken this command, though, and reduced it to a calling, something that only a few people receive. I find it interesting we don't do this with other words of Jesus. We take Jesus' command in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations and say, well, that means other people. But we look at Jesus' command in Matthew 11:28, 28, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we say, now that means me. <laughs> we take Jesus' promise in Acts 1-8 that the Spirit will lead us to the ends of the earth, and we say, well, that means some people. But we take Jesus' promise in John 10:10 that will have an abundant life, and we say, that means me. In the process, we've unnecessarily and unbiblically drawn a line of distinction assigning the obligations of Christianity to a few while keeping the privileges of Christianity for us all. In this way, we choose to send off other people to carry out the global purpose of Christianity while the rest of us sit back because we're just not called to do that. If I could put before you this morning even if at this point in your life it seems like an obligation of Christianity to go and serve the nations, to be able to be a part of sending people to go to the nations, it will become a tremendous privilege in your life to say, God, thank you that I get to be a part. So what may seem like an obligation, it becomes a privilege and an opportunity as God grabs a hold of your heart for the world. And I want you to experience that this morning. This morning when you came in, there was a book on your, in your seat or every other seat, The State of the Mission, so we're a part of Assemblies of God World Missions. And so the incredible thing is, is we're already all over the world as Connection Point Church. That's what our global partners represent. And what this is, is every year they put out a book to say, here's the state of the mission. Here's where we're at today. So I encourage you, take this home. These aren't meant to be left here. Read through that. This is what we're a part of. And they put out a video this year that explains some of that in visual form. So I want us to take a few moments to watch that video so that you get to see what it is you're a part of. And if you've been here at Connection Point the last couple of years, you're going to recognize a number of the people in this video. So even more, you should say, hey, I get to be a part of what Greg Beggs is doing in Africa. We get to be a part of what Omar Byler is doing in Eurasia. I get to be a part of what Paul Tremontosi is doing in Europe. We all get to be a part. So may we be a part. May all of us 
have our fingerprints on the spear. Amen. Isn't that great that we get to be a part of all that? In fact, the, uh, the, the footage of uh, the, the work that's going on in Iraq, really neat thing. So last spring, as we took our young adults in March to Amman, Jordan, the pastor who was there, Pastor Jules, was actually in Amman, Jordan, speaking at the church that we went to. So all, our young adults on that trip got to meet that incredible uh, pioneer of the faith. It's just, it's amazing that that's a part of the story of this church. And you're invited to be a part of that. Make sure to take that State of the Mission uh, book home with you. You're invited to be a part of of what God is doing on a global scale. Uh, I want to, in closing, share some of the closing words of of Platt in his book, Radical. He says, you and I have an average of about 70 or 80 years on this earth. During these years, we are bombarded with the temporary. Make money, get stuff, be comfortable, live well, have fun. In the middle of it all, we get blinded to the eternal. But it's there. You and I, we stand on the porch of eternity. Both of us will soon stand before God to give an account for our stewardship of the time, the resources, the gifts, and ultimately the gospel he's entrusted to us. When that day comes, I'm convinced we will not wish we'd given more of ourselves to living the American dream. We will not wish we had made more money, acquired more stuff, lived more comfortably, taken more vacations, watched more television, pursued greater retirement, or been more successful in the eyes of this world. Instead, we will wish we'd given more of ourselves to living for the day when every nation, tribe, people, and language will bow around the throne and sing the praises of the Savior who delights in radical obedience and the God who deserves eternal worship. May we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. May we remember that this life that we have, it's, it's but this short part where we're going to have all of eternity to celebrate with God. And the question is, what are we going to celebrate? If you hadn't get a chance, uh, last week we had put up that Unreached People group's wall. We encourage people to go take a look at it. Uh, but what I'd like to do is show you just some footage of that wall so you get a picture of what it is that we get to be about. We want to cross names off this list. So let's take a look at the Unreached wall. You can make a difference. We can make a difference together. May we do that. We're committed to it as a church, and you're invited to be a part. I'm going to invite our floor host to come. We want to give you opportunity to turn in those Kingdom Builder cards if you haven't done that already. A number of you have already turned in those cards to say, we want to have our fingerprints on the spear. We want to be a part of seeing names come off that list. There's an unfinished task in front of us, and so we want to go after it. Let me pray over these cards this morning. God, we just thank you for the invitation we have. Lord, it's, it's not an obligation, it's a privilege to be a part of seeing unreached peoples be reached with the gospel, with your good news. And so God, I, I pray that we would commit ourselves as a body. Lord, as our Assemblies of God movement did in 1914 to the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen. God, I pray that we would start to see names come off that wall that we would be committed to the task before us. And Lord, that we would see it as a privilege to be a part of your global mission. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Those buckets are going to pass you by this morning. It's an invitation for you to be a part and to be a kingdom builder, to see God's kingdom be built all around the world. And as that bucket passes you by, then I just invite you to stand as we close in song this morning.